Good morning, let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Dwelling in Beulah Land and in the old rugged cross. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of earth be set on every hand. Doubt and fear and things of earth in vain to me are
Amen. It is good to see each of you out this morning for the worship hour. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for your many, many blessings to us. The blessings of having brothers and sisters in Christ coming and worshiping with us. The blessings of songs that help us to reflect upon scriptural truth. But most of all, Lord, just to be able to come and worship you. We thank you that you are willing to die on the cross for our sins and to give us freedom and hope. And I pray that you be with us as we lift up your holy name this morning. That it would be your Holy Spirit that leads and directs. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Coming on the 
Say. 
Verses 23 down through 26, John chapter 4. <clears throat> Title of our message this morning is The Time is Now. The Time is Now. We find the Lord Jesus Christ speaking in this text. Um, and you and I, as we kind of gather around the text and worship this morning, we're all ears. We want to hear what the Lord has to say to us. Uh, in your bulletin, if you look at my little article in there, I mentioned this text because this year, as we go into the year 2023, John chapter 4, verse 23 is going to be our church verse. It says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. And you and I, as we go into this year, this new year ahead of us, my goal as your, as your pastor is to get us all to understand that now is the time. It's time for us to get serious about our worship of God. Uh, we can have a tendency to take things for granted, can't we? We can become very comfortable with the status quo. All of our lives were disrupted for two and a half, three years. But I want to hope that we are becoming more and more settled in. But as we get settled in, I don't want us to get so settled in that we forget that which is important. And as we look at this text, we find the Lord speaking to us about worship. So listen as I read you verses 23 down through 26. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. So as we look at this text, we hear the Lord speaking to the woman at the well, and he's driving home a point. 
And that point is, the time has come. The time has come to be that sincere and genuine, genuine believer and worshiper. And to come and worship the Lord. When we look at the very first part of verse 23, it starts out by simply saying to us, The hour cometh and now is. John chapter 5 verse 25 and John chapter 12 verse 23. We find that turn of phrase, a very similar turn of phrase each time. Uh, 525 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. A text talking about Jesus Christ having the very life of the Father in him, for he is God. And that now is the time to recognize that Son. John 12, 23 says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. You and I, we are at that time in our lives. We are at that time when we ourselves have to step back and say, yes, I fully understand. I fully believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yes, I do believe. Even as the woman at the well comments, the Messiah has come. Are we all aware that now is the time? We can't wait for another generation. We can't wait for a past generation to rise up and inspire us, we have to grab a hold of the generation we live in and say, yes, the hour is here. Now is the time for us as Christians to be serious about our faith. It's interesting when we look at verse 23, he moves into it and he makes a statement to us. He says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. This morning as you were getting up and starting your day, it's interesting to understand that God is seeking people to come and worship Him. He's looking, watching, searching for those who would worship Him. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 says, The eyes of the Lord which run to and fro throughout the whole earth, God sees all and knows all. He's omnipotent, omniscient. He is able to search the whole world looking for those who would worship him. Even when you look at the very first chapters of the Bible, you go all the way back to creation itself. When you find Adam and Eve in the garden, what do you find? You find God coming down to walk with them in the garden. He seeks those who would come and worship him. Job chapter 34 verse 21 says, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his doings. God sees you and I. He sees us as we get up on a Sunday morning. He sees us when we go about our business. He sees whether our heart is really toward him or towards all the other cares of the world. He is searching, seeking, looking for those who will genuinely and sincerely worship him. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them 
whose heart is perfect towards him. God is looking for people just like you and I. People who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. People whose hearts have been made pure, not by their own works or own righteousness, but by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He looks for those who are his, that they might come and worship him. The Father seeks. It's interesting as we move down into verse 24, we see that he sets some parameters to this. He wants to define the dimensions of this. Listen to what he says in verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He kind of links that back to verse 23, because what did it say? <clears throat> It says he's looking for true worshipers. So he defines that God is a spirit. And it's important for us to understand who God is. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. That is who God is. God is that spirit. That spirit who is eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. And he deserves all the honor and glory for who he is. So when this text says to us, God is a spirit, we understand he is that only true and living God. God, the creator who created all that we know. But it builds for us an understanding that he is looking for those who are true worshipers, who will come and worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, the Bible teaches us that we are a trichotomy. We are a body, soul, and spirit. That's what's standing right here. A body, a soul, and a spirit. Tim Taylor, have a body. It's getting a little older. It's not quite what it was when it was 25, but it's mine. But then inside of me is a soul, that eternal soul that God redeems. But then there is me, my person, my spirit, Tim Taylor. All of these are one, but each part of me is unique. And God says to us here, he says, I desire to find those true worshipers who will come and worship me in spirit, and in truth. Now he could have just said to you and I, I'm just looking for people who will come and worship me in truth. But that becomes a very intellectual thing, doesn't it? It can become very impersonal, can it? You can really know something and not care anything about it. Isn't it true? I've lived in Vermont long enough to know that among farmers, they have their favorite tractors. Have you ever noticed that? They're guys that are all green or all red. Some guys are all orange or all blue. They are, I mean, man, they just have their favorites. Maybe, maybe we see it in cars too, although that kind of blurs today because there's 40, 50 different manufacturers of cars. But I can know about those things. I can know about... Uh, Ford tractors, International Harvester tractors, John Deere tractors, 
I can know about oh, what is the Mahendra? Mahendra makes a tractor. I can know about those things. But you know what? I'm a little bit indifferent. Now I own a John Deere, so I'm a little. I lean that way. You know, I, I lean the green, but but I'm not passionate about it. You know, it's it's not something that I wake up in the morning and just think, oh man, I hope I can drive that tractor today. <laughs> not that I don't like driving my tractor. I do. I like that. I like to get out there and plow the snow in the winter when it's not ten below zero and there's not three feet of snow. Go out, do it. It's kind of a little fun. A little. <laughs> and I can know it, but I'm not passionate about it. So God doesn't say to you and I, listen, I'm just looking for those who will worship me in truth. Who know about me. Who have an intellectual understanding. He said, that's not enough. I need people who are true worshipers. They will worship me in spirit and they will worship me in truth. Matthew chapter 15 verses 17 and 18 gives us an account of the Lord Jesus Christ confronting those who he calls hypocrites. He says, ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth. And honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Isn't it interesting that Jesus Christ recognized that? And he says to them, he says, you are hypocrites. With your mouth and with your words, you acknowledge and all of that. But your heart is not there. Romans 10.10 says to us, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, God is concerned about that very inner part, that spirit that dwells within you, the very heart of your human existence. And he says, hey, the, the time is now. The time is now for us to be true worshipers, who takes seriously our faith. You and I are in a war. A cultural war against Christianity. United States, in fact, all of Western civilization. There is an active push to tear down Christianity in our culture, in our world. It's not just words. It's real. And you and I as Christians, God looks down and he says... Hey, are you a true worshiper of me? I'm not talking about just that you, you've been told I exist and that you know historically Jesus lived. I'm not even talking about the fact that, you know, you, you have a kind of a belief system around them. He said, do you really sincerely in your heart? Your very spirit, the very depths of who you are. Do you worship me? Every one of us has to step back and we have to look at that and examine that just as Christ was looking them eye to eye, just as he was looking at the woman at the well and he was really confronting her with truth that pierced her soul. The Bible does teach us to worship God in truth. 
2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is our role as a Christian. We should study and know God's word, and our minds should be full of the truths of God. But it has to go farther than from, than from just here. It has to reach down to here. The old saying is that there's many people who miss heaven by 18 inches from the head to the heart. They've got all the intellectual knowledge, but they have no zeal within the soul and spirit. Here Christ is teaching. And he's saying to this woman at the well, now is the time. And for each and every one of us, now is the time. Your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, your friends, your family. If you say you're a Christian, if I say I'm a Christian, they have to see the sincerity and truth of that. So yes, God is seeking those who are true worshipers. That we might come and know him. Look with me as we read down a little farther in the text as Christ speaks to the woman at the well. Again, he says to her in verse 23, but the hour cometh. Now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. You and I, like this woman at the well, we link it together and we understand that when we come to worship, we are worshiping God who came, left heaven above, born in a manger, grew up, and sacrificed himself on the cross. The Messiah is what she calls him because that's what the Bible calls him. In fact, she not only says Messiah, she reinforces it and says the Christ, meaning the anointed one. The Messiah. And for you and I, it's really easy for us to passively just kind of pass along in our lives and say, yes, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. But then all of a sudden Jesus looks at us spiritually. And he says, yes, I'm the one. The one who's speaking to you right now, he says, I am he. Now, what a reality for the woman at the well. Because she's, as she's saying those words, yes, I know that the scriptures have told us that Messiah, the Christ, will come. And he will tell us all things. And then for Jesus to look right at her and say, yeah, the one who's talking to you, I am he. And each of us in our Christian lives, at some point, at some juncture in our lives, we had to, in sincerity and truth, look and say, yes, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
Yes, Jesus Christ died for my sins. Yes, I want to receive him as my savior. Yes, I want to be a Christian. And so the scriptures teach us that God the Father seeks across the face of the earth his eyes going from all the corners of the world. And he is looking. And he's looking. For those who don't just know about him. But in their spirit. They want to worship him. As you came to church this morning. God saw. And God was pleased. For he desires his true worshipers to worship him. We live in an odd time. I, 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 told, I told the church, I think it was a, on Sunday night or Wednesday night. Uh, I had done a service recently and, and I got, as soon as I got into my office afterwards, I was wrapping things up for the day and I got a text from a gentleman all the way out in Oregon who said, hey... I think it was on Christmas, it was Christmas Eve. And so he texted me, he said, hey, I was trying to find a church to worship with tonight. And he said, I went on to this certain app and Victory Baptist Church popped up because we live stream. And he just talked about, brief, te brief text, just talks about, talked about how this church on the other coast of the United States, our church, ministered to him that night when he needed a place to be ministered to. We live in an interesting time, don't we? Such a unique time. Unlike any other generation, that right now I could be teaching and somebody in Africa or, or Ireland or China, they could log on and worship with you and I. But, God is seeking those who will come, who will come and worship him in spirit and truth. We live in an odd time where we really don't have to come. We don't have to come. We can, we can get in our, our boat. Uh, we can log on to some, I don't know whether you need to do it with a satellite. I don't know how you do it because I'm so technologically uh, handicapped. But you can, you can go almost anywhere and log on to almost anywhere. But God is looking for us to come. There's something uniquely different about the gathered and assembled church. That's why when you come to the book of Hebrews, it says, forsake not the assembling together of yourselves. Even that much more so as you come to the end. There's something unique about coming and lifting up your voices together. There's something unique about bowing our heads and coming before God the Father in prayer. Something unique about shaking hands and expressing that brotherly love one to another and caring. This morning as we started our church service, I scanned around. And it's one of the habits of a pastor. Confession of my soul. <laughs> I always rejoice in those who are here. 
And inside, I miss those who are not. And so as I scan around, I notice certain faces missing. And I know certain people who are going through struggles. And so while I'm on the platform, I take just a minute and I pray for those people. I say, Lord, I know so-and-so is going through such and such. Please be with them. Because there's just a little bit in me that says, Ugh, they're not here this morning because it's not going well. But when they come, I'm not going to go up to them and say, Listen, man, where were you last Sunday morning? <laughs> not going to do that. Because I know they wanted to be here. But something, something in the fight kept them out. And so I'm going to go up and I'm going to say, Man, I am really glad to see you this morning. You doing okay? Because I really genuinely care. That's uniquely different than not being here. The hour has come, and now is, when we as the true worshipers of God, we that are sincere in our spirit and truth, now is the time. We have to stand up in this world we live in and say, I am a Christian. And I am going to go worship. It doesn't matter to me if the whole world opposes. Or if they mock. Or if they resist. Or if they push back. I am a sincere and true worshiper. And I know my God is looking for me to come. To come and worship Him. I challenge you as we go into this new year. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who go through all kinds of struggles and difficulties. This week, Drew passed away. I ministered to Drew for years and years. He would drive all the way from Essex down here. But Drew has been struggling with kind of like a dementia-type torment for several years. He passed away this week. So his friends, his circle of friends, they're all mourning his loss, rejoicing in his freedom. Because he is now free from the warfare he had in his mind. He's free. Free with Christ in heaven above. You and I, as we come and we worship, we need to reach out to those who are struggling and say, hey, I missed you. Not, why weren't you there? I missed you. Can I pray for you? I care. That's what a church does. Amen? Amen. It is what a church does. I, this week I went to pray with a lady who's on hospice, who's passing away. And as I, I sat down and laid my hands on her shoulder and just prayed... Afterwards, I talked to her family. Her family was all gathered around. And we talked about church. Isn't that bizarre that they would talk to a pastor about church? It's just so weird. Um, so they talked about church and about coming to church. And uh, one of them said to me, they said, Well, you know what? The problem is I'm a, I'm a big hunter. And, you know, Sunday's my day to hunt. And... Uh, 
I told him, I said, well, you know what? I have lots of hunters in our church. There's a lot of hunters in our church. I said, some of our hunters, they get up early sunrise Sunday morning. They go hunt and they're still in church. Some of them do that. And I said, some of them, they just go hunt. But I said, you know what? I love them anyways. And I pastor them the same. And when they come back, I don't reprimand them or chew them out. I rejoice in the fact that they're there. Why? Because they're part of the family. And you know what? Someday they're going to be too old to hunt. And they'll be here on Sunday. Amen? Will I still be alive? I don't know. But you and I, now is the time. Now is the time. It's not later, some other day. Now is the time. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, now is the time. If you have received Christ, now is the time for you to get serious about your worship. Come, worship in spirit and in truth. God is looking, he's searching for you. Father in heaven, as we come to the end of the service this morning, Lord, certainly as you spoke to the woman at the well, I'm sure that her soul stirred when you looked at her and said that you were the Christ, the Messiah. We know that she left that day and went and told all that she knew. All her village, all her town. And she challenged them, come, come and see you. She was stirred in her soul and spirit to come and worship. Lord, I pray that you be with us as a church. We need to reach out and love those who are not here. Pray for those who are battling and struggling the things of this world. That are in the midst of the fight. For the, for the devil is warring. I pray that you'd help us. Help us as the true worshipers. To genuinely lift you up. Genuinely minister to our friends. And come. Come and worship. Forgive us of our sins. Help us as we fight the good fight. That we might honor and glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. John has a little verse to close us in. That was my closing prayer. Let's go to the... Uh... Oh